Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, I'm so excited to be chatting with Chuck Stoppel today. He is a makerspace and STEM educator in Ontario, Canada. Chuck is just doing some incredible things with the kids in his classroom, helping them make and create, especially that elementary school level. It doesn't matter even if you're an elementary school level teacher. You're going to get some great ideas from Chuck today, and I definitely encourage you to follow him on Twitter at Chuck Stoffel. That's S-T-O-F-F-L-E. And of course, those things are in the show notes. Welcome to the show today, Chuck. Thanks, Chris. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's so so exciting because you are, the videos and, and pictures that you post of things that you do with your kids in your classroom are just incredible. It's it's so neat to see the ideas that you're coming up with. Well, you know, a lot of it is also student driven too. You know, the kids come up with different ideas and, and either will say, well, it's just not going to happen or yeah, we could try that. Yeah. And that's so much a, an attitude that we all need to have as educators. And um, when you started doing all this STEM and makerspace stuff, this, this wasn't like your plan, was it? No, no, not at all. And so I, I've been teaching a short period of time. This is uh, nine years for me and only a few years in the same school here. And so in terms of makerspace, we've only had a ded- dedicated makerspace for a few years. Uh, and it's not something I really trained to do. I think it's just because I grew up, my father was a tool and die maker. Okay. So we had a bit of a shop in our garage. So we were always mucking around with the tools doing something. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, and, and so, and, and my father was a, you know, a, a hands-on type of person as well. So it just came kind of naturally. Right. And, and here we are, you know, in a school maker space, it's just, you know, it's a dream come true. You can't believe that you're actually doing this. Yeah. And you're, you're almost trying to recreate some of those, those bygone years of, of a kid going in the garage or in the basement or outside or in the kitchen or wherever, just making something and creating and letting their imagination run wild. Absolutely. And I think that's the big um, attraction for the kids is they may not have a little shop at home. They may not have someone that can help them build or create, or uh, they don't have siblings that really want to do it. You know, so I think that's the the attraction of it for them. They get a chance to to do that hands on work. They do, and kids love the, the more times you give them the opportunity to build something, the more they're going to get into it. The the, the better ideas they're going to come up with. Like you were saying, Chuck, some of those ideas end up becoming student driven, right? Absolutely, yes, they do because they'll uh, they'll they'll finish a challenge, and um, if they finish early you know, you would say, well, try to do this or try to do that. And then they'll go off and do what they do. And they'll come back and, you know, like this, I said, well, yeah, maybe, you know, and <laughs> it, it, I, I wasn't quite sure what we were looking for, you know, so it's, uh, and I think that's the fun that they have with it. You know, yeah. there's never an end to it. And there's never a set entry level to it. Mm-hmm. You know? And it, it's all really driven by what kind of ideas do they have? And, and really, that's what we want them to have as they grow up. What are what are the things that we want to invent or create or problems we want to solve in our world? Um, there's, there's not just a worksheet or an answer in the back of the book kind of for those sorts of things. Oh, no, and that's the big part of it. Yeah, when, when the kids are, are working on the challenges, um, you know, in the back of my mind, you want them to have some type of a problem that they have to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not 
it doesn't have to be one way or another, but still, you know, it's either support this load or make this work or make this light go on or, or something, right? And how they run with it after that, that's, that's what you really want them to do. But as long as they can kind of solve that initial problem and, and get them thinking that way, that's, that's the whole goal. All right. Now, again, we're chatting with Chuck Stoffel. And again, definitely follow him on Twitter at Chuck Stoffel. Um, you do a lot of things, I know, with simple machines, um, screws, levers, um, yep. all those types of things. What are some great ideas or why are some of the reasons that you do some of those kinds of things? Well, you know, and it's really funny. I just, I said the other day, I think it was last week, I said, you know, it's February and I really haven't pulled out any of the circuits. I haven't pulled out <laughs> any of the batteries, haven't pulled out any wires, haven't pulled out any of the makey makeys or the, the, you know, any of that stuff. And I think it's because the kids are enjoying working with the simple machine so much. And I don't think they've had enough practice with it over the years Yeah. Um, in terms of the basics, right? Just, you know, making things move, making things support a load, using lots of triangles and, um, you know, making your structure solid, making things pivot, you know, just manually, you know what I mean? And I know yeah. down the road, um, we will incorporate, you know, some of the circuitry and, and electronics and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I just find that they're having so much fun with just the simple machines. And, and I also find in terms of a curriculum connection for us, it's it's right there it's 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 black and white it's everything the teachers can actually take with them back to their classroom and, and yeah. use from there so especially in a lot of elementary school classrooms there's a lot of focus on on simple machines as as one of those types of topics that that they do need to learn about at those ages so you're helping to make very practical applications of that classroom content and curriculum Right. And that's my goal. That's, uh, that's what I do. I work with the homeroom teachers and everything we do in Makerspace connects to the curriculum in multiple levels, yeah. you know, whether it be math or science or social studies or anything like that. Yeah. And as much as we can, teachers, if you have a STEM lab or a Makerspace in your school, look for, look for that person that is in charge of it or using it and, and ask them to and, and offer advice, offer ideas, say, we're working with this in our classroom. How could you support that through some of the, the projects and challenges that you have the kids working with in that space? So yeah, um, yeah, def yeah. definitely great, Chuck. Um, how, do, how do you come up with some of these ideas? <laughs> I mean, I know, yes, the kids kind of drive some of them, but we all want to know, where do you get your ideas? Well, I guess, uh, you know, I follow a lot of people on Twitter as well. I get great ideas there, but I think, um, and I know my wife can attest to this, but I don't, my mind doesn't really shut off. Um, you know, I'm always kind of curious and looking at things and saying, wow, I wonder how that works or, you know, we could do that. You know, we could make something like that, or we could just change it a little bit and yeah. do this. The problem is you, you have too many ideas and then sometimes they get a little too complex and it's like, whoa, we got to back this up a little. Yeah. you know, and it's kind of hard to organize them. But I, I, I just, I find, you know, I do get a lot of inspiration on Twitter and you see something's like, oh, we can incorporate that or, you know, something in the real world, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do this. Right. So that's, that's, I'm always kind of on the lookout no matter where it's kind of like what you do, you know, when I see you posting, you know, signs and, and people park different ways and things like that, like it all incorporates math. Right. So yeah. very, very similar to that, where you're always looking at different situations for ideas and things to build and things to create and challenges to, you know, try to overcome. So it's, it's like Chuck has some makerspace glasses and he, he sees everything <laughs> through, through those glasses. So, and, and you know, and it takes practice because not every teacher is going to say, 
oh, I see this and I could incorporate that into my class. And they're not going to think that through right away. But once they just start trying some things, and like you said, finding some ideas of other people sharing on social media, you get the ball rolling and, and, the, and the kids kids start asking for more. And what are you going to say? No, kids, I don't want you to be excited about learning. Oh, for sure. And you know, what I love about the, the Twitter world as well is you come up with an idea and, and share with some people and say, well, what do you think? You know, then for sure, someone has an idea. You know, they can share with you, say, well, did you ever try doing this with that or do this yeah. or this? And, you know, so that, yeah. that's, the, that's great. And one of, one of my favorite things I got to just share with everybody that Chuck had made was took this like a toilet paper tube and, and wrapped coil basically around it and basically worked as a screw and it pulled that, that ball up through uh, this, basically like a trough almost. Yes, the Archimedes screw. Yeah. The, uh, the grade twos worked on that project that um, saw that somewhere. And I thought the grade twos could do it just yeah. with some simple string around a tube and, you know, and then, but they did it so well that it actually morphed into the return channel where I said, okay, well, you got the marble at the top, you know, how can you make it come back? Oh, and then two or three of them went off, you know, to the table and got some cardboard cut tape. And, and then it's like, well, there it is. They did it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. And you weren't even thinking about that when you started the, the idea, the challenge. You, those kind of things happen very naturally, very holistically almost. Yeah, it happened right there and then because the, the big challenge was for them just a simple screw as part of their simple yeah. machine projects, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, they just went, they just carried this just way out of the park on this one. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll make sure that I, I tag that and put that link in the show notes as well so everybody can take a look at the amazing okay. screws. Those kids probably can't even say Archimedes, let alone let alone even spell it. But yet yeah. here they were using Archimedes, Archimedes. screw principles to be able to... Um, to really get a better grasp and idea of how simple machines work, how, how to make and build and create. Um, yeah. Just so yeah. important. Just a but, quick question, Chuck, how many, how many kids do you work with normally throughout your day or your week? What's what's, there's a lot of different ways that schools kind of structure their, their makerspace classes. Well, the way we do it is uh, every class gets um, from, well, from grade one to six, they get a uh, hundred minutes of STEM instruction a week. Okay. Um, and kindergarten get uh, almost that. They get about an hour. Mm -hmm. And the intermediates, the seven and eights, only get one period, so they get 50 minutes. So basically, I see, you know, 400 kids a week um, wow. come through here. You know, and and, uh, and how do you, how do you structure that so that you can you could do you really try to work where kids had to finish something up in that hundred minutes? No, not at all. Um, if we take longer, we take longer. Uh, you know, if you came in our our library, you'd see shelves with uh, various projects on the go and different sections of the stuff. And I mean, sometimes we have to really um, be aware what's being stored. So mm -hmm. for example, our grade sevens are working on cardboard chairs that have to hold their teacher and they take up a bit of space. So I'm, yeah. you know, I'm kind of holding off on another big project because I know they're taking up big space. So when they're done, then we can work on the next thing. Gotcha. You know? uh, hey. So it's, it's just, it's just balancing it all out. That's all. Yeah. How about, how about some other, what, what are some of the other tips and things you've learned now in these, in these few years of working with Makerspace and, and STEM kids? What are some good ideas you would share with other teachers out there? Well, you know, and I think everybody needs to remember that simple is the best. It really is. You know, um, we just start with, you know, things like straws and cardboard and tape and, and scissors. And we kind of go from there with different, different projects. We always try to think about Okay, if we're going to work on something, how can we start it really, really simple? It's, it's the, the big thing, I think, is the entry level. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because what I found last year, we had a number of kids that um, they weren't crazy about makerspace. And I think sometimes it might've been because the entry level might've been a little too hard for them. Okay. Uh, so this year we're a lot more aware of saying, you know, well, just try it your way. You know, it doesn't have to be this way. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do it this way or this way or this way. As long as the challenge is mad, it doesn't matter how you meet it. Um, and I think we've also incorporated a little more art into makerspace this year. And I think that's really hooked a lot of the kids in terms of them understanding yeah. that, Oh, art and math and engineering. It's all, it's all the same. It is. If you just, if you just design something and then here it is, it works, but it looks ugly. Nobody's going to buy that product someday. Right. Right. So we, so we've done that now, you know, and we've mentioned art more and more and, uh, some of the reluctant um, kids are, are more interested because they see that part of it now too. Yeah. I really like the thought that you shared there, Chuck, about how we have to make sure that entry level is something that's, that's challenging enough for our kids. I mean, we don't want it to be too easy for them, but it has to have an accomplishable level. Yes, you're right. So basically you, you have a, a, a simple part of the challenge that you know 99.9% .9 of the kids can reach. Mm -hmm. um, and then as they reach that, then the ones that can do that, you throw them another curve. Say, well, what if we did this, you know, or let's try to do this, or here's the second part of that. Yeah. You know, and some kids will go slower at that point. They might struggle a bit with it, whereas the others um, will go off and do that challenge and, and, and be successful. But the bottom line is that everybody um, had some success with the basic challenge. Yeah, that's good. Thinking about um, just some ideas that, that teachers could do maybe as some starter challenges. You, you've shared so many, so many neat ones. Um, you got any favorite ones? You got any ones that just work great? Well, my favorite ones are there and they're the easiest. Anything to do with a rolling chassis, right? Where you have straws and skewers and uh, cardboard circles and a piece of cardboard, right? And you just push it and it rolls. So you can do all kinds of things with that. You can add balloons to it, you can add sails to it. So you can do a lot mm -hmm. of data management, we can do a lot of measurement, a lot of inclines, a lot of races, you know, and mm -hmm. kids have just so much fun and they can take these things home with them. Yeah. Right? So that that's one of my favorites and there's so much curriculum you can connect with that. Um, and then you can add structures to it, you know, in terms of um, making them bigger and better. And then you can even add little motors to it. You can make, you know, use Lego motors with, you know what I mean? So from that, yeah. you could just morph it into all kinds of different things. Or rubber bands or rubber bands. Yes, exactly. And you can make boats out of them too. Take the wheels off and put them in water, Yeah. you know? And that's one of the things I try to say to people is that that's a really easy, simple thing to do. And, and the materials are really cheap. Like for, yeah. for $5, you can outfit a whole classroom. Yeah. You know, in terms of everybody making something. And, and I think a lot of people think that that entry point into makerspace needs to be, I need to order this many robots for a class set for everybody. I need to have uh, these special tools for, for the whole class, but it's not. Just get, just get some supplies like cardboard, get the straws, get the skewers, like you said, and, and just uh, turn the kids loose on some of those ideas. Yeah, I think sometimes we think that it should be, too it should be more complicated. It should be a little tougher. But, you know, kids like the simplicity of all that and and they get some success out of it. Plus, you can get some, you know, assessment value out of that as well. And yeah. every, everybody wins. Everybody has fun. Right. You know? And OK, so tell us, Chuck, everything works well, right? You've, you've never well, had the things fail. <laughs> every day. Every okay. day. You know that. Oh, yes. my gosh. I know. That was a setup question. So uh, <laughs> you got any great <laughs> failure stories for us just to remind us all that, that it's tough? Well, other than using white glue, 
<laughs> I've put, I've locked that away. I don't bring that out anymore. Um, so I guess uh, last year was a good example where we wanted to do um, kaleidoscopes. We're actually doing it again this year with the forest. And mm -hmm. we had this really great idea. And oh my gosh, it was just a colossal failure. It just didn't turn out at all. You know, the beads were sticking to the glue and they couldn't, oh. insert, they couldn't insert the plastic properly because we made it too hard. You know, and it's just at the end of it, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what do we do? Because no, nobody, nobody had a kaleidoscope that actually worked properly. Right, right. We turned it, it didn't work. And it's like, oh, and, and but you know what? I, I give these kids credit because they, they motored through, they did it, they kept working. And they looked at it and thought, oh, that's cool. And I'm thinking, eh, no, it's not really cool. But if you think it's cool, that's okay. Yeah. You know? But you kept trying and, and those kids learned that it's not always going to work. Oh, the you're first right. time or the second time or the third time it might not work, but, but there was still lessons that they learned in that process. Yeah. And actually they did a lot of innovating too. There was a few kids that um, came up with some really cool ideas that we were using this year. And mm -hmm. They said, Oh, Mr. Stoffel, did you think about doing it this way? I'm like, not at all. That's a great idea. We're going to keep that. Yeah. And, and, so, the, and I guess that's the benefit too, for you that where you're teaching these same kids, you know, year after year, you can, you can build those relationships with them. They can remember, Hey, we built this previous year. How can I, um, bring that idea, that, that skill into some new challenge that you've given them. Yeah, exactly. And, and this year was interesting because I had the fours and fives at the same time. And I told the fours, I says, okay, you're going to have to thank the people sitting beside you for this one because they struggled through this last year and you guys are going to have it a lot easier. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and it, it is a lot easier. We're just finishing it up actually, but it is a lot easier. Yeah. So, That's so awesome. yeah, it's, it's all innovation by kids, right? So, yeah. A couple of the thoughts here for you, Chuck, as we're, again, so many great ideas. And again, definitely follow Chuck on Twitter at Chuck Stoffel. I love seeing uh, the different things that, that you post, these, these cool videos of, of kids, the projects, even just this one kid, this, this lever, he pushed down oh. on it and, it and it tipped up. It just so simple that this kid made. Yeah, and I, I, I looked at it and, and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, oh, it's not what I had in mind. But then I'm looking at it thinking, holy cow, you put a lot of thought into this. You know, <laughs> this is pretty incredible. Um, when he started explaining it to me, it's like, wow, this, like there, there's a, there's a lot involved and you're right. It's just what they come up with is just, I, I, you know, you can't believe it sometimes. Yeah. So if you had to help legislate the future, if you had the opportunity to be able to, to really talk about what, what STEM and makerspace should look like five, 10, 15, 20 years from now, what kind of things would you really, really want uh, to make sure that we focus on? Well, what I really would like to see is less dedicated makerspaces in schools and more classrooms doing makerspace activities, and then they collaborate with other classrooms to do bigger projects. Yeah. Um, you know, so you want to you wanna work yourself out of a job. Yeah. You know, I hate to say that, and I'm sure others are going to say, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, you know, I want to I keep my makerspace. But I mean, reality is nothing is forever, right? Right. Um, and if if we can get enough funding and enough training for teachers to have uh, makerspaces in their classrooms, like I said, so that they can use projects that might take, you know, three days, but cover so much curriculum. And then they can work with the classroom next door or the, or the intermediate class on a, on a big collaborative project, mm -hmm. um, you know, for a few days. That, that's, that's what I'd like to see. But, you know, it's a time thing. It's a funding thing. Um, and it's a yeah. bit of a training thing, you know. So that's kind of where I'd like to see it go. Yeah. Now you mentioned training, Chuck, and I know you were one of the first Canadian educators to be STEM certified through, through STEM.org. You know, what did you see as the benefits of that? And, and what did that process involve for, for anybody that's maybe thought about 
trying to become um, STEM certified? Um, it, it was uh, it was different. It was pretty intense. Uh, it, it took a little while, a lot of modules, but it was interesting because it went over uh, a number of you know theoretical parts to makerspace that I never really even thought about. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at um, you know creating using empathy and and creating using different uh, different groups like indigenous groups or you know people from all around the world. Yep. So it, it really kind of made you sit back and, and really think about that. Um, but uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty neat. It was pretty interesting. And and again, if people want to find out more about that, just head to STEM.org. STEM.org. Yep, they're the ones that do it. Yep, that's cool. They're actually, uh, I think they're out of Michigan. Oh, all right, cool. I've asked you a bunch of other questions here, Chuck, but I'd love to ask this kind of one final question. If you could have somebody come into your your makerspace classroom and just inspire your kids, somebody from STEM, past or present, who would you love that to be? You know, that is such a hard question. And, uh, <laughs> That's uh, why I ask it. I know. And, you know, and thinking more, I kept going back to the same person. I, I think it would have to be Thomas Edison. Yeah. Um, because just some of the, it's just some of the things he said, like he always talked about, you know, no fear of failure. And, you know, here you have a driven guy who just, you know, does everything. He, he invents this, invents that, has so many patents to his name. And, and yet, you know, he also talks about how many times he failed and how many times oh, yeah. he restart and restart and restart and restart, you know, for them to see somebody who has gotten to the end of the tunnel and explain that how often he got stuck in the tunnel, you know, to, to get some sort of uh, inspiration that way, that, that would be very cool because they would also realize and know some of the things that he invented. Yeah. They, they, they could touch it and see it. And, right. and I think I th it changed history. I mean, you think about, I mean, obviously somebody else would have come up with the different inventions, but oh, sure. each, each one of those inventions had an effect on, on culture, had an effect on society, had an effect on ways that the world has progressed. And, and just to yeah. think about that is incredible. There, there's that, that history and, and STEM connection that we, that we often yeah, think, yeah. oh, we, how do you connect STEM and history? But oh, it's, sure. it's And one, one person can make a difference. Yeah. And, and my, my favorite Edison quote is to invent, you need a good imagination and a pile of junk. Yeah. <laughs> we have lots of that. <laughs> <laughs> As every makerspace should have, but you got to have it sorted. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking with uh, Chuck here and over video. And, and so I can see in the background, he's got stuff organized. It's not just random chaos. Yeah. We're, I'm pretty um, meticulous about that. I, I like things put back where they belong um, I'm always redoing things in here in terms of new bins and, you know, we're just redoing our, our whole, uh, Lego section of, you know, um, because we have a robotics program as well, yep. but we also let, um, we have a Lego club and we let the grade fours, uh, use a lot of the Lego for gears. So, you know, I have to consolidate it now and put it in a big wall. So that's what I'm working on right now. So yeah, I like, I like, you know, even though we're chaotic, I still like to have things organized. Because it's so much easier for kids to be able to find that something that they need to yes. be able to make that something that's in their mind. Yes, correct. You're right. Now, now I think we got to ask the important question, Chuck. Do you sort your Legos by color or by size? Uh, type. <laughs> by type. Okay. By, type. But what it, uh, by what it does. All right. By so by function. 
Well, yeah, I just have my general makerspace Lego that we can pull out and they can do what they want. But I also have gear Lego, which is just the square blocks that, you know, but then we also have the specialty parts, right? Which is just, you know, in, in bins on the wall. Yeah. So it's, yeah, no, I don't start by, I'm colorblind. So it's easier for me to not do colors. There you go. Perfect. That's, that's a good tip. So any other, any other last thoughts, Chuck, as, as we, uh, we wrap up here, any other great ideas or, or things that you'd want to share with STEM or makerspace teachers? Well, just, just dive into it, you know, simple, complicated, doesn't matter. It's, you got to start at some time, right? And if you're a teacher, a little leery of, of, of making, just, just make something simple, you know, mm-hmm. um, whatever that might be, go on Twitter, go online, take a look, you know, look around and uh, make, make something as simple as you can. And, and you'd be very pleasantly surprised in terms of how the kids react and because it's so different than what they're used to during the school day. Right. And that's what they'll remember. They'll go home and say, guess what we did today, you know, and they'll say, I did a worksheet. No, yeah, no, they're yeah. not. <laughs> oh yeah. They really, yeah. They really go home and do that. Um, but then, you know, and then the teacher will realize that, oh, you know what, I can do a lot of assessment out of this. And that, that's really just dive into it. Don't be afraid of it. Um, you know, we all, like you said, we all make mistakes mm-hmm. and the kids love it even more when they see us make mistakes too. Yeah. you know and uh it's just it's just it's just good for everyone yeah and i think you brought up a great point there chuck just remember we don't just want kids to make something we have to have it for a reason yes. it has to we have to be able to assess that they are actually learning something in this process it's it's great to see a kid be able to to see how many books they can get to stand up on on paper or cardboard foundation but we have to teach them something there has to be some sort of knowledge gained through that process yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. There has to be a reason for it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, Chuck, I want to thank you again for, for sharing all your, all your super ideas and tips and, and help here on the STEM Everyday Podcast. Again, I, I've said this multiple times today. I highly recommend everybody follow Chuck on Twitter at Chuck Stoffel. Um, Chuck, it's just been great to be able to chat with you. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. been a lot of fun. Yeah. And again, uh, just keep up the great work and um, we'll keep looking to see all the amazing things that you and your, your kids are doing, even the things that, that mess up and don't work right. So uh, Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. And as always, thanks for listening to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcast app, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts that more educators can find great ideas from great educators like Chuck. And if you need to contact me, find me at dailystem.com or dailystem on Twitter and keep up the good work, teachers.